One of the things that struck me the most when I first got saved, I had this ultimate powerful sense of relief washed over me, realizing that things can be different. Things are different. It doesn't have to be like all the stuff we've been exposed to. There's hope. You're listening to the Years of Marriage Advice podcast. PJ and Jenny here, and wow, do we have some special guests for our episode today. In our last episode, we mentioned if you want to totally transform your marriage, start by setting a goal for it. You can download your free guide on setting a goal for your marriage at yearsofmarriageadvice.com slash goals. Now, let's get into this conversation with our very special guests. All right, everyone, we're really excited about this episode because we have some very special guests and it's my parents. <laughs> so um, thank you guys for being willing to interview with us today. Uh, we know that you have a cool story and we're excited to get to share it with everybody today. Now, a big question we had concerning this interview was how am I going to address our guests? Am I going to use their first name? Am I going to use Mr. and Mrs. last name? Or am I going to use what I normally call them? And normally when normally when couples get married, they have the question of what are they going to call the parents of their in-laws? And so for me, I adopted Jenny's names for their parents, which is Poppy Seed <laughs> and Momtis. <laughs> that would be Mr. Poppy Seed Muffin to you. <laughs> Wasn't that your name for me? <laughs> yep, yep. So um, affectionately, we have Poppy Seed and Momtis here with us. So before we get into the story of how you guys met, explain to us a little bit about your perspective on marriage before you met. For me, coming from a family where my father and mother separated when I was five and five or six years old, brother was on second marriage. My sister's marriage failed you know, been with kids. And, and I had an older sister passed away when she was 29. But uh, my siblings are a minimum 10 years difference between me. So they're a bit older. And so growing up, I watched like their marriages fail, basically. And, you know, people around me, friends would get married and not stay married. So to me, when the thought of marriage says, if it doesn't work, you just get a divorce. I wasn't a believer. You know, so that was, if it doesn't work, you just move on and try it again. So, which um, I say that now and saying how, how bad that really sounds. But now that, you know, I have Christ and Jesus and there's a, there's a purpose now and this marriage will, will last. And I'm ashamed to think back of how I felt then, you know. So saying it, I feel so kind of dirty, but I was saved from that. So now I can say that with hoping that somebody doesn't have that same opinion as I do. Yeah. And did that experience with your family and your view of marriage, did that affect your desire to ever get married? Um, for a long time, I never wanted to get married. And actually, anyone that I dated would last a few months, and then I'd have to move on because I felt myself getting too close because I didn't want to go there. And then I met Sabrina, <laughs> and she was just so different and, you know, being from like just South America. I don't know what it was, but she wasn't like anyone else that I've ever met. I always felt that everyone that I came in contact with, and maybe it was just the 
just cynical nature of all my friends and people that I met that everyone is out for themselves. You know, they, they, everyone has a, an alternative motive. They just have something else that they really mean. And when I met Sabrina, that was, it was just so different. It's like she was the real thing. And I felt like just so confident that, you know, when my back was turned or I wasn't around that I could trust her, you know, and I could trust that, trust her with, with my heart. Yeah. That's cool. And during this time, you were not a Christian, correct? Correct. Right. And neither were you, Mom, right? Right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience. Well, mine was a little bit different. Growing up, I didn't really see people get divorced or anything like that. But my parents never got along. They fought all the time. And although they stayed married until my dad passed away. Uh, My mom eventually did move to Boston while he stayed in Brazil, but they weren't officially separated or anything. They were still married. She just moved and he came to visit once in a while. So the marriage was still on paper intact, but they, my whole growing up, they never got along. So I saw constant fighting, which, you know, was discouraging, of course. I think I had more of an ideal, idyllic view I, I never thought, oh, I'm afraid that's going to happen to me or anything like that. I just knew I wanted something completely opposite of what I experienced at home. Um, and I was hoping and excited to, to be able to get that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I don't know if you guys caught that, but dad had mentioned how mom was from South America and you mentioned Brazil mom there too. Um, so you grew up in Brazil and then you came to the States for college. Correct. I was 17. And I came to, to the States for college. Yeah. Nice. So we have to know. Well, I already know. <laughs> but um, tell us how you guys met. So I was a college student. And a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, was a drummer in a band. And he had invited, I guess he was having at that time band practice in his basement. And uh, he invited a bunch of people to come watch them practice. So I went. And saw this cute guitar player in the band. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so that's how we met. And then he came around the college and we started hanging out together and... Had mushu pork. And yet took me out for Chinese food. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Mushu pork and mugu guy pan or something. So that's how it it all started. So we started dating then. I was 19. Nice. How long did you guys date before you got engaged? It was about two years. Yeah, if we circle back to, like, I really never wanted to get married. But Sabrina was different. I wanted to stay with her. And she was not obviously not a citizen. And so that had, I had to make a decision because she was going to go back to Brazil. I mean, she had an internship oh, right. and, she, and she, you know, here for a while. And I had to make a decision because do I let her go and lose the person that I, I really love? Or do I do it <laughs> so uh, so we're in uh, alexandria bay sitting watching boats and i didn't actually prepare much because it was a really a big step for me so i had i was ringless <laughs> yeah dad and, proposed without a ring we yeah. grew up knowing that story yeah. they'd take us to the spot where they got engaged and it was like dad i can't believe you didn't have a ring <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm still scarred about that <laughs> but then at least you got to pick it out together yes, yeah, we yeah. Did. So, so, so. yeah. So, 
So if you could refresh my memory, what was the turning point for you in the relationship of now actually wanting to pursue marriage with her? I mentioned trust. And, you know, as we started to to date, it was just a different. She was just fun. It didn't seem like she had or didn't never demonstrated any any baggage or any not bringing up like past boyfriends or anything and and was just generally like kept to her word like when she said something she meant it and wasn't just like as a like to pacify at that moment and it was gradual but the difference that I that I saw is that Sabrina was genuine and trustworthy yeah that's really cool so we mentioned already that before you guys got married that you were not saved. So tell us a little bit about how you both got saved and kind of what led up to that. A little bit, huh? <laughs> uh, no, tell us, the, tell us the whole story. It's a great story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when we got married, we got married at Syracuse University and it was an interfaith chaplain because Sabrina's mom is Jewish and dad's Catholic. My family was Catholic, except for a few people, which we'll talk about that later. But after we were married and we were talking about someday, you know, having kids and, and what we're going to do, because, you know, I was Catholic. Then I had so many questions in the faith that and things that were telling us not to do. And I had my own idea of what church really was. And as you're getting older, you're starting to see more in that, you know, God needs to play a part in your life. I could feel that. I could feel that because now that we're married and also, you know, we're talking about kids, like where our kids can't grow up without, you know, being in the middle. But um, my you know, occupation is a computer programmer, which long hours some nights i'd program all through the night never to go to bed but that pretty much happened the day before i got saved i was at work and at five o'clock my employer said we're having a big sales meeting tomorrow and i need all this data well at that time all the data um, wasn't available so i had to actually restore i had to save everything off put the new packs in, and then write the code over all this data so they have their sales reports. So I was there all night, all night. Wow. And the next day, now going without sleep. So the next day, and at lunch I went out. Now, after we, just before we got married, I bought a new car, and it was this shiny, almost black car. <laughs> and now there's a sea of cars out in the parking lot. You know, when I went out, there was like nothing before because all the sales, like a hundred salesmen were there and I go out and I was just so tired and I was kind of frustrated. You know, the whole night was frustrating because if they would have asked me for that a few days ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So I get out and my nice shiny car has bird droppings <laughs> from the front to the back surrounding cars had nothing on it it's like they singled out my car <laughs> it was what and you couldn't windshield wipers wouldn't do anything it was like putting paint on your windshield so i had to go in paper towels and i'm scrubbing it and so now this is adding to my frustration and i'm going on no sleep and so i get all that done so i go out and i just start driving and I you know I was going to head to a store, but I was just driving and hold that thought for a second as um, when I was 15, um, my sister Carolyn had passed away from cancer when she was 29 and she was a Christian. She was a believer. And because she was quite older than I was, 
the difference in our age. I would go out there in the summer or some breaks in what we call the country. Today, it doesn't look like the country, but it was the country <laughs> and this little country church and, you know, spend a week or two with her. And she'd take me to church and I went to, sun I went to Sunday school. But that same church had a cemetery on the side which she was buried in. Now, I hadn't been there since I was 15 years old. And I was driving and then I saw that church. Now, I haven't been there, and I do not know, like thinking about it after living in Syracuse in that area for 52 years, I do not know how to get to where I worked to that church without going back home first and starting again. Yeah. But somehow I made it there. I saw it, I turned in, and I was driving through the cemetery, and I just stopped by the side of this building in the church, and I, was just, I just felt like I just couldn't take any more. You know, I just it was very frustrated, and I just didn't know why this was happening. I opened the car door, and when last time I was at the cemetery, there was no no headstone, no footstone, and she has just a very small stone on the ground. I opened the car door, I looked down, and that was where my my sister, his stone was there, and and I hadn't been there since I was fifteen, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of other stones around there now, I imagine. So I just stopped, and at that that time, I just knelt on the ground, and I prayed. And I was praying to my sister. <laughs> I was just, you know, that why is all this happening? Because also in this time, being in a band, I, we had jobs. I couldn't play because my asthma got so bad that I couldn't go into the bars because it was so smoky. So that's also was, you know, kind of frustrating. Why is this all happening? Meanwhile, my other sister, she became a believer and she'd been praying for me and trying to talk to me about Jesus. And again, you know, my sinful nature at the time said, Jackie, you need a new husband, you know, because all you're talking about is just Jesus. You need a new husband. You know, I mean, that was my <laughs> thoughts, you know, again, you know, not a proud moment. <laughs> so her praying for me and then all these things happening and, and her words echoing that to me, like um, when I told her, I can't play, I can't play in a bar, I can't do my music. And she said, do you ever stop and think that God wants you for himself, that Jesus wants you to perform, to play for his glory and not for your own, not for, you know, drunken people. And that's when I kind of said the nasty things to her, but <laughs> I prayed that, you know, to my sister, Carolyn, and I just felt this, I felt sort of a peace, you know, I just felt better. So I drove, got my lunch and everything, and I went home, and that night, at that time, I was converting um, our attic to a living space. So after work, I was up there and doing what I do, you know, with carpentry and stuff, and I was up there, and the church that my sister was going to had a visitation, and so the pastor and his wife came, and you know, Sabrina said, "You have you have company," and I went downstairs, and I'm like, "You want to talk to me? Come up with me." <laughs> so I can <laughs> I pretty much continued to work, and then he started talking, and he started sharing, you know, gospel with me, and and I I slowly went from working to listening to stop working, to going over to him and looking through the four spiritual laws with him. And, and just everything he said made sense to me. And, and I had the questions I had. Why, you know, why do I have to pray? Why do I have to talk to a priest when I, why can't God forgive my sins without having a mediator? And so, you know, we went to his Bible and he showed me why. And so every question that I had, uh, concerns that I had with practicing being Catholic, he, he answered. And so I prayed to receive Christ at that point, and the whole life changed after that. You know, the people that I was, you know, friends with, you know, at that time, which I thought were great, you know, 
we're still good people, but um, just our circle of friends changed and things that um, used to come out of my mouth, if I said it, it just wasn't right. It just like that shouldn't be coming out of my mouth. And it was just, a, it was a change and my ears were just like filtering out things that they never had before, things that used to be hilarious. My whole, you know, list of jokes I used to love to tell had to be thrown away because I couldn't even look at that and think and, and remind me like that was your old self. This is your new self. Yeah, that's amazing. So, sorry, it was a long story. No, that's great. <laughs> but I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Momtis, how did you respond when you saw the change in him? And how did you take it? Well, that same night when Pastor Denny and Bev came to our house, I knew why they were there. And I wanted no part of it. So I, the truth was that I was studying for an exam because I was taking a class. And I conveniently said... I have to study, have studying to do. So, you know, I don't have time to talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> so terrible, but so I did. And so when they left and uh, Jimmy told me what happened, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, so does that mean we have to go to church now? I mean, I don't even know what I was thinking, but so that was it. And I don't even know what you answered, but, <laughs> um, but this, the, this whole week that followed, all of a sudden, I started having all these questions because I grew up mom, Jewish, dad, Catholic. No, really, we believed in God, but there was nothing else faith-wise at all in our growing up. Even I remember when I was little once, I I asked my dad, Dad, is Jesus really God's son? And he said, of course he is. Then I ran <laughs> to my mom and asked her the same question, and she gets, of course he's not. <laughs> so needless to say, I was pretty confused about those kinds of things. So that week, I, ha I started having all these questions that never would have interested me before. And the following Tuesday, Pastor Denny came back, this time with a lady by the name of Carol Flickinger. Wow. And they um, came, knocked on our door, opened the door. I was ready with my... I didn't know they were coming back, but... I was ready with my questions and I asked all my questions and he showed me in his Bible every single answer to, to my questions. And right then and there, a week later, I prayed to receive Jesus as my Savior. And Carol, the lady who came with him this time, became my best friend. And to this day, 30, so that was 1987. And today is what, 30, yeah, 32 years later, to this day, she is still my best friend. Yeah. That's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've heard the whole story fully, so that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really neat how God used all those circumstances, Dad, to kind of prepare your heart and get you ready. And mm -hmm. and then, Mom, you were ready with your questions, too. And so, like, within a week of each other, you you both got saved. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's cool, too, to hear the transformation of, like you were saying, Poppy Seed, about the old man and the new man, like seeing the transformation and how God just does a new work in us and we're made new. And so question for you based on that, did you see um, a transformation in your marriage as well after you got saved with how you talk to each other? Or tell us a little bit about that. I think something that made a significant difference because we were brand new Christians and Jimmy's sister, the church that she was going to who sent the pastor, you know, she had put our names on the visitation list. <laughs> so we started going to that church and the first thing that they 
uh, suggested that we do is attend a class called, uh, I think it was a six-week class called Practical Christian Living. It was fabulous because for a new Christian, and you want to know, well, you know, I need some guidance, you know, other than just listening to the service on Sunday. So it was there was a class, and I never owned a Bible, so they gave me a Bible. Yeah. And we got our little booklet, and we went through the class, and that gave us basics. So right then and there, we started learning how to live practically and daily life in a Christ-like way. Of course, it was just the beginning. We had a lot to learn. Yeah. But I think that started making a difference right away. Mm-hmm. And after we went through the PCL, they put us in a class of young married people. Called, it was Genesis class, yeah. right? And Carol Flickinger was in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Carol and her so husband, Tom, they befriended, they befriended us. us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they invited us to their apartment. They were newly married also. They were just they had just gotten married just a few months before. And they made pizza, and they told us all the Bible, Bible stories, stories. <laughs> that wow. we never knew. Yeah, it was yeah. Great. that's really cool. And we became really good friends ever since. And then, of course, meeting you know people, the couples in our in our Sunday school class, you know, godly couples, seeing examples of people and how they're living. All you know, we learned from all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from one not wanting to have kids for like five years, six years after we're married. You know, have seeing all these newly married people, and although I think all the women were pregnant, <laughs> and it kind of, you know, made us like start changing. Uh, one, I used to do some programming on the side as well as my regular job, and a lady that I, there was a manager that I was doing work for after I got married, gave us some advice or gave me some advice, and and this was be- before I was actually saved, and she said. Two things. She said, don't wait till everything is perfectly lined up. You've saved enough money, got everything perfect in your life before you do two things. Um, buy land or have kids. <laughs> and she, and I'm still thinking we had the same plan, but after we were saved, like all of a sudden that was, she's right. You know, like, you know, we have, there's, there's all this love and you just have just this peace in you and, you know start a family <laughs> so i don't think we planned our family but i think it was all the babies around us <laughs> baby fever <laughs> yeah and it's easy to fall into that mindset of um well once i have this yeah then i'll take care of this or once i reach this checkpoint then i'll be able to have kids or move or whatever you know whatever the whatever the big life decision is it's like well am i going to wait until everything's perfect have all the money, have all the everything line up. But in most cases, it doesn't seem like that's the case. <laughs> yeah. It would never happen. Right. Yeah. So going back to at the beginning of this conversation, how we talked about all of the negative views of marriage and the bad examples of marriage that you had, how did you guys navigate really being a pioneer in both of your families of having an actual healthy marriage fear of god <laughs> yeah i mean the more we learned in the you know in and in light of eternity and you know you're just thinking about do i really want to give in to something or do something that you know could potentially i have to pay for the rest of my life and you know i think putting uh, jesus at the center of our marriage yeah. is was the key we knew that you know our relationship with the Lord comes first. And if we don't have that relationship with him, how can we have a relationship with each other? So 
doing our best to, you know, be in his word and abide in him and be around people that are good examples and godly counsel. You know, that everything, our whole environment was total opposite from what we grew up with, with our parents. So I think that, you know, accepting the Lord as our Savior broke that chain, you know, yeah, in both of our situations, even though, you know, our, we both grew up in less than ideal situations, diff, very different, but less than ideal situations. Mm-hmm. And having Jesus as, you know, our authority is what made all the difference. Well, seeing the Bible and seeing it now, like they come, they came to life. The words that God's word became real, became, you know, was in our heart that wasn't there before. So the actual things that were said at, a, at our wedding, I remember our wedding invitation um, was, was today's the day that I marry my best friend, you know, and I still look at that probably because I have to dust it in our bedroom all the time. <laughs> but it gets really dusty. And it's kind of good because today's the day that I'll marry my best friend. And even if it's dusty, it just reminds me that it's something that you have to treat like it's just happened, that it makes it new again. So, And you have to treat your marriage like it's, like it's not old and stale and it falls into any, you know, it just has to continue it can always be like it was when you first were dating, if you let it. You know, having having scripture come alive in our hearts and in our marriage made a difference. And it, it's it's not overnight. You feel a change overnight immediately, but it, it it takes time. I mean, there's for me, you know, there was almost thirty years of you know old stuff that needed to forget. But that old stuff when you when you have all these things in your life after you become a believer that you're not proud of. And for my, in my case, I just turned all those around saying, well, you know, my family or my life isn't going to do that, you know. And so it was an example. Others were an example of how not to be. Yeah. There's, there's so much gold in what you guys just said. I feel like that last portion, we need to go back and rewind and just listen to it over and over again because there's so much packed into what you said. Um, but I do have a question related to what you're saying, Mom T, about surrounding ourselves with people and being integrated into a community of believers. And, you know, there might be some couples listening who have grown up in the church who know all the Bible stories and they're married to someone else who's grown up in the church and they're trying to make Christ the center of their relationship, but they are just still struggling and you know they don't know what to do they don't know how to manage their marriage so what encouragement would you guys give to couples who are trying to put Christ first but are still experiencing you know hard difficulties just continuing to you know getting advice from their godly friends being saturated with God's word and asking the Lord to change, you know, their hearts, you know, Lord, help my desires line up with your desires Mm -hmm. and put, you know, not just say that I want to put you first, but actually make a conscious decision to do it and decide, make that decision. And, and there's no plan B, there's no highway option. That is the decision because what alternative is there? There's no better alternative. Yeah. And that's a good point about actually making the decision to do it because I feel like it's easy 
to want Christ to be the center or to think about it, but to actually do it, you know, like you, you have to be in God's word every day. You have to be um, drawing near to him. And, you know, and it's not having Christ the center of your marriage isn't just reading the passages in scripture about marriage. It's about reading and applying and asking God to give you the strength to obey his word in all the other areas yeah. about, you know, about speech and thoughts and everything, you know, our marriages that have Christ as the center aren't made up of just the marriage passages in the Bible. It's, it's everything. And so to, to be in God's word and to be intentional about actually pursuing that is a really good way to have Christ as the center mm-hmm. instead of just saying like, oh yeah, we're Christians, so Christ is a center. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to what you're saying, Poppy Seed, about the past, you know, having all of that that you had to work through and not wanting it to affect your present circumstances. And, you know, whether we have a past that is not following the Lord or whether we have a past that was following the Lord, either way, we can't rely fully on our past to impact our present. We can't say, well, I've been a Christian, so therefore I should be good now. We have to continue to pursue God and continue to read and abide in the Lord and, you know, be integrated into that community. So, Yeah. And on the other hand, you can't say, oh, well, everyone in my family got divorced, so that's just how it's going to be for me. Like you were saying, Dad, like you can break those chains and say, you know what, this was negative from my past, but we're not going to we're not going to have this be us. And of course, you know, you can't do that on your own strength and the Lord will give you strength to do that. Yeah. But but you can't, again, let the past be a dictator of what you're going to do because ultimately it's your choice to you know make those decisions for that not to happen. Right. And I think one of the things that struck me the most when I first got saved, I had this ultimate powerful sense of relief washed over me, realizing that things can be different. Things are different. It doesn't have to be like all the stuff we've been exposed to. There's hope, the hope that only Christ can give. And and not only that, but it was so exciting when we started having kids. We can raise our children in the Lord. We don't have to, they're not going to have the same childhoods we had. And our parents loved us, don't get me wrong. It's just that it was a, a godless environment which led to problems. But knowing that we could raise our children in the Lord it was like this whole new world was opened in front of us of excitement and joy and and we you know we started a, a neat thing is we we started taking our kids to awana when i think well you had just been born jenny ryan was just turned six and carolyn was four i think but that's how i learned all my bible verses i didn't grow up learning bible verses i didn't do any of that and because I became an Awana leader I listened to those verses over and over and over again so those verses you know by osmosis you know got written <laughs> into my heart yeah and I, I wasn't just listening to them but I was meditating on them and that helped me be even more in the word and just help apply the concepts and principles of scripture that you know that we wanted so it was It was just so exciting. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So looking back before you even knew each other, the examples you had of marriage may not have been the best. And now, 34 years later of being married, seeing how far you've come, where you started, 
the circumstances that were surrounding you. And now to see grandkids who are being raised in the Lord. There's no greater joy. And, you know, yeah. some sometimes Jimmy and I have both had people say, so how long have you been married? Oh, 32 years, 33 years, almost 34 years. Wow, that's amazing. That's wow. Congratulations, guys. And in my mind, I'm thinking, isn't that the way it ought to be? Why is this? This shouldn't be strange. This should not be strange. This should be normal. And it's sad that it isn't. So it breaks my heart when people get excited that we've been, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm very happy to be married 34 years, but that's the way it ought to be. We're going to be married until the day the Lord calls us home. And that's the way it should be. We hope you've been encouraged so far by Jenny's parents. This is just part one, and we'll be continuing the conversation next week in part two. If you've been encouraged by their story, it would mean so much to us if you would share it with a friend. And we'll see you soon for part two.